Good morning. My name is John Greenway. A very big and warm welcome to everybody to City Hope this morning. We're on the penultimate talk of our Easter series. And uh, to kick us off, we're going to go to the Gospel of Elvis. Let me read it to you rather than sing it. And it goes like this. Ah, a well, bless my soul. What's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man in a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yay, yay. Thank you, Elvis. This evening's talk, or this morning's talk, sorry, is uh, called I'm All Shook Up. That's part of the human condition. It happens to us all at different times of life. What do we do with it? How do we handle it? Many years ago, I had a fantastic adventure. Um, When I was at Nottingham University during the summer, I took three months out to do some voluntary work in the southern Sudan. At that time, the southern Sudan was part, uh, was not an independent country. It was part of the whole of the Sudan, which was then the largest country in Africa. And I spent three months in very much the wild. Uh, I would go to bed at night hearing the lions roar and the hyenas cry, wake up the next morning and you may well find leopard tracks outside the compound. It was quite an exciting, very exciting time for a young guy from Cheshire. And I'd just say as an aside, anybody who here who would uh, think of saying, well, I I want to go and do something for uh, one or two or three months in another country. It is a fantastic experience. For me, it was a highly formative experience. At the end of the trip, I went with a friend to Nairobi and uh, then travelled down to Mombasa and to Otamu on the Indian Ocean in in Kenya. And we had a week's holiday there, which was just amazing. And we travelled back, uh, hitching lifts through the Zervo game park back to Nairobi. And as we were with one particular driver through uh, the park, uh, I saw a family of baboons, a very common sight, but just thought, I've never got a video, a film of baboons, got everything else, but not baboons. So I asked the driver, I said, do you mind pulling over so I can just film the, this family? So he pulled over, uh, I wound the window down and started filming. All of a sudden, one of the baboons seemed to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger and actually be very big. And it was the big daddy baboon who came right over to where my I'd wound the window down. And there I was in the passenger seat with this great big head and uh, fangs right next to me. Um, and thinking, what am I going to do? At this, what I hadn't realised was that the driver hadn't noticed what had happened. He was searching under his seat for some bread to attract this family over. At the same point as the daddy baboon was right by me, he came up with some bread in his hands. The baboon saw the bread, swung its great big paw uh, towards the bread, missed, and then started climbing in. Fortunately, at that stage, the driver realised something was amiss and he threw the bread through the window and off went the baboon. I was all shook up. What was an adventure uh, ended up in being all shook up. 
in a very short time. If we go back to 2016, just two years, it was a year of being shook up. It was a year of dramatic change. Just want to run through a few of those events. Earlier in the year, 2016, Donald Trump, TV host, businessman, wins the Republican nomination to be president of the United States. Nobody expected that. The previous year, Leicester City had escaped by the most narrow margins from relegation from the Premiership. But in 2016, against all odds, Leicester City win the Premier League. Most people were really happy. As a Spurs supporter, I was not so happy. We knew that the Brexit vote was coming up. Would we stay? Would we leave Europe? Everybody knew it was going to be close. Nobody quite anticipated what the result would be. Britain votes for Brexit. David Cameron had been on the scene for quite some time. Very familiar figures are Prime Minister. He steps down. Theresa May, probably unknown to the majority of the population, becomes Prime Minister. And what about this? That summer, Iceland, not the store, the country, beat England in the Euros. Iceland, with a population the size of Leicester. Wind the clock forward through 2016. That said TV host, Donald Trump, becomes president of the USA and leader of the free world. Who would have believed it? What a crazy year we were all shook up. Would things calm down in 2017? At City of Hope, we entered 2017 on a great adventure uh, with great expectations, preparing to go to sites in Rotherhithe, New Cross and Bermondsey, part of our expansion plan, which we've been preparing for for a long time. But it proved to be a year of massive change. Vic Wilson steps down as lead elder. Vic, Caroline and family leave City Hope after 20 years. Dave and Leslie Nunn leave City Hope after 40 years and leading the church for the majority of that time. And Chris Nicholson, who'd just become an elder, now becomes lead elder. What was to be an adventure ended up with us all being shook up. Nobody expected this. Nobody could have predicted this. How do you respond when the foundations start uh, to be to shake And the unexpected happens. We will have all reacted and responded to this very differently. Perhaps uh, three camps of response. Uh, One of the camps may say, well, I'm trusting God. I've drawn a line. I've read the verse, forget what lies behind and press on to what lies ahead. That's where I am. I've moved on. 
Camp two may be saying something slightly differently. They are saying, well, I'm trusting God too, but this is a very painful time. Yes, let's move on, but I'm still very concerned for Vic and Caroline, Dave and Les, and its impact also on the church. I'm not convinced we've done things as well as we should have. We need to learn from what has happened. The third group may be saying something like this. Yeah, I I appreciate groups one and two, but I'm in a different place. This has shaken me up big time. I am all shook up. And I'm not sure what it means for me and my family. I still feel very unsettled. And we have some important choices and decisions to make. There's also group four, of course. Uh, Some of you may have just joined and uh, started coming to City Hope in, in recent weeks. And actually, all of this is new to you. You're enjoying life here. Um, And uh, I would just say a very big welcome and continue to enjoy being with us at City Hope. How do we respond to this? I'm I'm going to ask Jackie, my wife, just to come along and share some things that uh, God has highlighted to her through this time. I'm just going to pass over to Jackie. Good morning. In February, I read this in my Bible. You have shaken the land and torn it open. Mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. That was from Psalm 60, verse 2 and 3. I thought it captured how we felt in City Hope very accurately. The word shaken felt significant. Our land, our church, had been seriously shaken. On the same day, my next reading from the Bible was Hebrews 12, and this is what it said. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So there is something that could be shaken and something that could not be shaken. The thing that cannot be shaken is the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where Jesus is king. So I need to make sure that Jesus is in the driving seat of my life every day. This is the only safe and unshakable place to be. Thank you very much, Jackie. Uh, Jackie had shared that with me quite some time back and I just thought it would be a great time for us all just to grasp those two scriptures where the, the very foundations are being shaken on the one hand and yet we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Just have a quick sip of water. Thank you. <clears throat> We're going to uh, read a story. Um, a story about uh, two guys walking along a road. And uh, they have been seriously shaken. They've been on a massive adventure. Um, uh, much bigger the adventure than going to the Sudan. Um, that adventure started three years previously uh, when their world was shaken up when they met a certain carpenter's son uh, from Nazareth. And uh, the story takes place on a Sunday. And it was uh, the Sunday at the end of the most momentous week in the whole of human history.
The previous Sunday, uh, their guru, their leader, uh, their, uh, the one that they followed, Jesus, the one who they thought was a Messiah, uh, was entering Jerusalem. And indeed, uh, a lot of other people crowded round as he entered into Jerusalem. And uh, he was coming in on a humble donkey, but he was receiving a hero's welcome. It was a triumphal entry. Through that week, uh, many, many events that are recorded in the Gospels, a third of the Gospels uh, are, uh, are allocated to this one week of human history. It was the most remarkable week, as we say. On the Thursday night, he gathers his friends. Jesus uh, asks his disciples and friends to come together for a meal. uh, And one of those friends slips out and has decided to betray him for some cash. And that night, Thursday night, Jesus is arrested and handed over to his enemies. At that night, he's interrogated. The following morning, Friday morning, is interrogated and uh, by three o'clock Friday afternoon, the one they had thought was the Messiah, the one they had been following for uh, uh, for whatever period of time, we don't entirely know, he died on a cross, executed, as his last words were, it is finished. And we pick up the story late Sunday, and we're going to read from Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. As we go through, I will make some comments, but have your Bible open if you can, and follow and see what Luke uh, records for us. Here we go. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? So here we've got a picture of these two guys uh, late uh, on uh, the Sunday walking along the road, trying to get their heads round all the things that had happened, trying to process what had happened, and were downcast. And the stranger comes along and asks them a question. They don't recognise the stranger, and he just asks the question, uh, what are you discussing? Just momentarily realise that that happens in our life. Jesus comes alongside us when we downcast when we're walking along trying to process something recognize remember that Jesus comes alongside us and he's interested in what we've got to say he asks us a question what are we discussing he wants us to tell him let's go back to the story they stood still their faces downcast one of them named Cleopas asked him are you the only one visiting Jerusalem, who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days. What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers 
handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. We'd hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of the companions, our companions, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. What's going on? Here we are, three days after the, on the third day uh, after the, uh, the crucifixion. Uh, Jesus had been placed in a tomb and this tomb was empty. And these two disciples think, what's going on? Are these women uh, reliable witnesses? Nobody's seen Jesus. What's happening? Back to the passage. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the things the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. I love that story uh, that Luke brings us of this intimate um, walk uh, with two disciples meeting this stranger. They had all been shaken up, um, but by the end, when they see Jesus, things begin to take shape. Things begin to make sense. Things begin to slot into place. What do you do when you are all shook up? What shakes you? Has what's happened at City Hope over the last months shaken you? Are you shaken by what's happening in your closest relationships? 
Are you shaken by what's happening at work or disappointment in some way? Or where your expectations were one thing and something else happened? You thought it was going to be an adventure. You had great hopes for something and yet it's just turned out very differently. Something's happened so quickly. You hadn't anticipated it. You hadn't predicted it. And now you're in a different place. What do we do when we're shaken up? I think Luke's story gives us three things to lock on to. The first is when these two disciples were walking along, Cleopas and the unknown one, were walking along the road trying to process things at really downcast. What happens? What happens is that Jesus comes alongside, Jesus joins them, Jesus joins the discussion, Jesus asks, what are you discussing? So the, the first thing is when we're shook up is recognise that Jesus is with us. Jesus is walking alongside of us. Jesus wants to hear what we've got to say. He wants to know. The second thing I think we can... Uh, will help us when we're all shook up is what they did when they um, part way through their journey and it was getting late they said to him and urged him he said stay with us what we've got to do when we're all shook up is saying Jesus stay with us for some people listening to this, uh, you may never have actually asked Jesus to stay with you. You may never have asked Jesus to uh, come into your life, uh, to take the driving seat, as Jackie said earlier. To become a Christian, it, it, there's a moment in time where uh, at one point you're run, driving uh, along by yourself. But when you become a Christian, you're asking Jesus to get in the driving seat. Uh, there's a moment where Jesus is outside of your life and now you're saying, no, I want you in my life. Come and stay with me. One of my very favourite verses in the Bible is from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, and it says this, and Jesus is speaking. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. Jesus does not force his way into our lives. He says he knocks on the door of our lives. And what he wants is somebody to hear his voice and to open that door. When you become a Christian, you hear his voice and you open that door and invite Jesus in and have that intimate relationship, and I will eat with him and he with me. If you've not become a Christian, today could be that day, could be that moment. I'd urge you to say, Jesus, stay with me. You may have been a Christian many years, and although you're not asking Jesus into your life again, in the same way we're saying, Jesus, stay with me. I want your closeness. I'm all shook up. Stay with me. I need you to be close to me. The third thing I think that's important is what happened uh, as a result of all of this. Uh, these disciples were going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were heading away uh, all downcast. And now they would received news that changed absolutely everything. 
Jesus had changed everything. And now they're going to make their decision and take action on the basis of what Jesus has said and done. And it says this, they got up and returned at once. These two disciples who were trudging their way to Emmaus at the end of the day now got up energised with a completely different focus, knowing that Jesus was alive and they returned at once to Jerusalem. We have big moments in our lives, choices to make, decisions to make. As some of you, because of what's happened uh, here over the past months, may be saying, well, I'm looking for another church. And that may well be the right thing for you. But do it on the basis of what Jesus has said to you, not because of emotion, not because of circumstance. Let's make our decisions and our choices based upon what Jesus says, rather than because of circumstance or emotion. When we're all shook up, we are human beings, uh, right in the human condition. It's part of us. It says that Jesus himself understands exactly how we feel. He had the same, uh, the same experiences and he looked to the Father. And in the same way, we now look to Jesus. So we started off with Elvis. He's all shook up because of love. We could be shook up from lots of things. But what do we do? There are three things. Recognise that Jesus is walking along with you. Ask him to stay. And turn around and make choices and decisions based upon what Jesus has said. Thank you very much.